Welcome to America's Top Rebbitsons. May this class be for the Rafua Shalema, for Eliezer Raphael Le Benamuna, and also for Ariella Malka Badbela Hana. Today's podcast is supported by Rivka Malka Perlman's School of Coaching and Transformation. This online program is an opportunity for deep coaching training and a guided healing journey. I personally and myself am just a graduate of it. The program was fantastic. I personally participated in it and I learned life skills for myself and I also learned life-changing skills so I could help others really step into the person that they were meant to be. And registration opens twice a year and the next round of classes starts on July 25th. So for more information, please visit rivkamalka.com. Today, I am really, really happy to have on today's show, Rebetzin Miriam Yerushalmi. Rebetzin Miriam holds a double master's of science degree in psychology and marriage and family counseling. She founded SANE, a nonprofit organization, and she volunteers many hours providing a resource for the neediest people so that they can have access to appropriate mental health care. Rebetzin Miriam is uniquely skilled at combining behavioral and humanistic approaches to address a wide spectrum of psycho psychopathology. She fuses essentially Torah principles with background in mental health to empower individuals to release their inner healing potential while aligning with life's purpose and essential life issues, ranging from relationships to parenting to self-improvement. Wow. <laughs> Rebus and Miriam has authored books for adults as well as 12 books for children that have been translated into both Yiddish and Hebrew. You have really accomplished so much and you've helped so many people. You've really, really done a lot. So please tell us more about yourself and what you do. Well, um, for many, many years, ever since I was very young, I was just fascinated about um, personal development and how to achieve it and just a yearning and longing. And I found that no matter where I was turning to and what degree I had, there was always something missing that I found was like a critical missing ingredient. And finally, I in my journeys of becoming a Balchuva and studying uh, the deeper teachings of Torah, I kind of found it and found so much um, of the missing ingredients. And it really was shocking to me, um, you know, when I myself for so many years wanted to be a better person, wanted not to deal with these negative emotions or the challenges that I had. And I, and I had such a desire, but it wasn't happening as much as I wanted to. And I'd go here and I'd go there and everywhere and still not get to the place I wanted to, to, to be at. So these deep teachings are really what I call the missing link. Um, in mental, emotional, and, uh, and relationship issues, because um, it really takes the Torah's teaching to help us understand the makings of our mind, the makings of our heart, how to have more self-mastery over the emotions, over, you know, our humanistic conditions of the feelings that we have when we go through life events or life relationships. And, um, and I realized that there are really three major components. And these three major components, if not analyzed and really looked into, you can go to all kinds of help. And if they don't address these three main mind, body, and soul aspects of mental and emotional health, you can be missing one of the main key ingredients of how to get well. Uh, I remember learning from um, uh, some philosopher that if you only know 
uh, half the reason for a problem, then you won't really much have but half the solution. So really looking into all the components that may possibly misalign you, then you can get a better alignment. That's one part of um, what I do. And the second thing is the second really huge ingredient is to become at peace with the human condition that we're not meant to be a perfect being. We're not meant to not fail or fall. We're not meant to have a hundred percent, you know, uh, like almost like a cruise control life of not dealing with our, our, you know, weaker selves, our based animalistic tendencies that are our emotions that may flare at times and may be, you know, a challenge to overcome. Just like, you know, I always explain a baby doesn't go from crawling to running a marathon. There is a process. But if someone's, let's say, very depressed and they then become very depressed that they're depressed, that's not very helpful. Or if they're having suffering, anxiety, and they're so anxious that they are anxious, then they don't have the space to breathe through the possible like steps that they need to take to be able to you know, have a greater process of healing. So the number two ingredient that I try to help people focus on is um, being at peace with the process. And these components make such a huge difference. Um, the other main ingredient is um, realizing that our brain physically um, is either going to be used and have greater strength and wherewithal to be able to master one's emotions. But if left untouched and left not used, then it becomes almost like a mushy muscle, in, you know, like, a, and, and then not only do you not have that self mastery, but over time, because of what I called a mushy mind syndrome, um, the person has even more difficulty with their self mastery. And in today's day and age, it's very easy. People are very uh, used to, you know, um, doing passive learning, listening and learning, or, and for some, not even using their mind in that way. Just, you know, looking at WhatsApps and Facebook and all kinds of instant gratification that's coming on our phone, that our minds have become a bit weak. And so the emotions become that much more um, um, unmanageable because the mind is becoming weaker as we get older. Science does show our brain at age 26 becomes, you know, if, if otherwise trained not to, becomes less and less uh, equipped, you know, and actually can shrink in size. And that means the emotions become that much stronger. Uh, it's been, you know, shown by the way this Dr. Sar Lazar took pictures of people's brains and saw that it, that after age 26, those who would not do brain training and learning in, in this active way, their size of their brain not only got smaller, but less neural uh, communication between the brain and the heart, 
more empty space between the grooves of the brain. And when she interviewed them for 30 years, they were the ones that had more emotional problems and had more cases of Alzheimer's, dementia, all kinds of problems. So I'm, I, I've really been a passionate, uh, like in my life to like really bring out people's potential and make them realize that they can help themselves more than they, they think they can. Wow. That's amazing. I love everything that you said, and it's going to help so many people. And we're really going to dive into this topic today. And I'm, I'm, I'm just very, very excited because I know this is going to be so helpful to so many. So um, today we're going to talk about cognitive behavioral Torah therapy, as well as health and healing from a Torah perspective. So let's start with cognitive behavioral Torah therapy. Now, this is a term that you coined for a very specific type of brain training. So can you please tell us in depth about this therapy, what it is, how it is practically applied to help people, and maybe even give some examples of how you have used it in your psychology practice? Well, those of you who know cognitive behavioral therapy, um, and it's really a buzz right now because everyone's into positive thinking, really training your brain to, um, you know, really override the emotions of what's going on by, by, by treating your brain like a field and not letting it go foul by planting seeds of positivity, by really sharpening those brain muscles to be able to think things through rather than emotional react. We know the emotional part of our brain, the limbic part of our brain, we is by organic, naturally, it's really inclined to three to four times faster react emotionally. Cognitive behavioral therapy helps reverse that order and helps the brain be able to move three to four times faster than the emotional part of our brain so that we can really think things through. What's different in cognitive behavioral Torah therapy is that we include the Torah directives. We include the spiritual factors that help really increase our brain power. Most people don't know that when one prays, one has access to the highest intellectual uh, uh, faculties of our soul called Chochmah, Bin, and Das. Most people are taught you pray because that's the right thing to do. You know, you have to say thank you to Hashem. You have to acknowledge that he's the one who's going to give you all these amazing things, which is cognitive therapy, by the way. You're really saying like, thank you. Thank you. You're adding gratitude to your life. You understand that, like, you know, that there's so much positivity by focusing on the positivity of what you're saying in prayer. But a lot of people don't realize that you're main mental and emotional soul faculties are ignited and bring um, are, are more like bringing into fruition these these talents uh, and and these emotional and mental powers of yours through prayer um, and so we really help the individual connect to their own soul powers Instead of seeing prayer as a must on their to-do list, which a lot of women, unfortunately, think, well, I'm a woman. I don't have to pray and I don't have to learn. But they don't realize that they are losing that, that, that primal, essential, core, intellectual powers of theirs called moichin de gadlus, 
which is in uh, in uh, in English the the mind that has the capacity to be gadol to expand and to grow in its power because we need this greater intellectual wherewithal to be able to handle life and the emotions that our brain is 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 normally you know um, not so equipped but for tapping into these spiritual factors so cbtt helps the person realign to their spiritual essence of their soul to help them through their mental and emotional or behavioral problems cbtt also includes health if you may go to some practitioner that only does cbt they may not address the uh health factor like are you getting um uh, you know the right uh, amount of food wrong foods uh, how foods affect you spiritually and emotionally and mentally and we really investigate and we really tackle that aspect of the person's you know habits that they do in a day-to-day life and how it is connected to their spiritual development because in uh, the deep teachings of the torah it says that the way you eat is the main uh, place where you need to rectify so that you can rectify your negative emotions. Wow. And so, I was like, yes. I just like this. Wow. It's like how you eat and the foods that you eat. It's amazing. It affects your soul. Either you give power to your more animalistic based tendencies by giving in to the overeating or indulging in foods that are somewhat to say the least not healthy and possibly you know destructive i mean because we know sugar even without anything spiritual really has an effect on the brain it crosses the blood brain barrier it can really cause especially for those who are glucose intolerant and it could cause anxieties and depressions and all kinds of things and possibly they're going to all kinds of therapies that are not addressing that very uh, physical and spiritual aspect of their personal and mental and spiritual development. Wow. And this, and I just have to ask, even if it's kosher, like even if the sugary candy is kosher, does that make a difference or? Well, for someone, especially glucose intolerance, it affects their physical brain. Okay. And for someone that wants to understand the spiritual component, yes, that's what I that. give an example. If you have only so much water to give, you have a, a life-bearing, fruit-bearing tree, and you have like this vine that's poisonous, like, I don't know, poison ivy. And you only have so much water. So either you're going to feed the life-giving tree with this water and, and all the great fruits are going to grow, or are you going to use it to have the more poisonous ivy? So... Either you eat to live and you're feeding your godly essence and the powers of your soul shine, or you live to eat and you're feeding your more animalistic tendency. So if you have a problem with anger, now your anger is getting stronger. If you have a problem with anxiety, then, you know, and the question is asked, why one person when they overeat, they get depressed and another person overeats and then has anxiety. So we all have what's called the four elements in us. 
And CBTT also addresses these elements. For a person who is born with a more fiery temperament, they tend to be more angry and anxious. If they have a more earthy element, then they tend to be more the depressed personality, lazy, uh, life is too overbearing. If they are the water element, the pleasure-seeking type of personality, then they're the addictive type of personality. And if you see someone who talks and talks and talks and have his challenge with destructive speech, they're the air element personality. So CBTT addresses and looks at what is the person's problem, what element are they, and how to, one, refine your eating so that you don't give life to this fire, water, air, and earth in a negative way, and instead channel these energies into the holy and positive way. Just like you see in the world, there's fire and it's destructive, but we need fire to cook, to keep us warm. Water can be, you know, Noah's marble. You know, uh, it could be uh, uh, such a flood, but water is essential for making things grow. And so does air we breathe, but it could be, you know, a whirlwind tornado. And so too, uh, uh, our human condition of having these four elements, we need to be aware of them and see that our weaknesses are really our greatest strengths and how to channel them. And that's what this approach in CBTT is so unique because we're, it's not really being addressed even by main religious therapists, actually. Wow, that's phenomenal. And, you know, and based on everything that you're saying, it's so interesting with, you know, one person can eat a certain food and it could affect them one way and the other person can eat the exact same food and it could affect them the other way based on what the elements that are inside of them, the predominant elements that are inside of them. Yes. It's fascinating. Yeah. So I want to, I just want to ask you a question like about depression. I know that you were saying like the people with the earth element, a heavy earth element, they tend to lead to depression, you know, what, so if you're a depressed type of personality, what can you do? I know everybody's different. So, you know, but just generally speaking, what, what, what can one do in accordance with cognitive behavioral toral therapy? What would it say generally speaking about a person who leans more toward depression? So what I teach is that, and this comes from the deep teachings of the Torah, it's in Tanya, it's in uh, the Rambam, uh, that we have these four components. So if someone's born with a more earthy temperament, they need to learn how to develop that earth in a good and holy way. So for instance, when our soul is coming back into our body in the morning and when we start using the earth element in, in our prayer service, in our learning Torah service, what does that mean? Earth is slow, it's, it's, it's methodical, it's contemplative, it's meditative. So the more you use that earth element in a holy and good way, especially the beginning of your day, which is the foundation of being able to use that the whole day long in a good way, then the Yetzirah can't take your earth and say, oh, uh, you're not using it. I'll use it and I'll make you depressed because you're harnessing that power. You're already channel channeling it in a good way. Then someone can't, that outer force, that Yetzirah can't as easily snatch it from you. But if you don't pray with earth element or don't pray at all, then your godly soul is kind of in a slumber state. And the animal soul then says, oh, okay, Yetzirah is telling me to use this earth uh, and I'll try to, 
use your faculty of imagination to, to make you feel how horrific your life is and how you can't cope. And, 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 and that's the whole story of the seven skinny cows eating the fat cows. And like, uh, and then there's no fat cows. So it's like, you know, you have a good life. You have a lot of fatness in your life, but the Yetzirah and the faculty of imagination using the earth element will like swallow up your all your good and make you focus on all the negative and then you start being depressed. Now, yes, wrong foods can cause depression, right? A weak mind that doesn't have the power to stop the not good thoughts because really Hasidus teaches us that thoughts create negative emotions so if you don't have a strong mind to stop the bad thoughts and you didn't pray to harness your godly soul and your yetzahar is taking over your faculty of imagination then you're you become hijacked and you have a a a, a hoodlum of a of a roommate living free rent space in your head but if you right. harness your faculty of imagination, you use your earth, your fire and your water and your air and davening, and you use your fire and your water and your air and learning, which I'll explain a little bit. We just said earth, but fire is a drive, a passion. It's, um, it's what's called like in, in modern terminology, blown away, like being so like wow by Hashem's greatness and gazing at all the good in your life. And, and that's what prayer does then you have harnessed the power of your fire. So then the Yetzirah can't take your fire because you're developing fear and you're at Hashem. Then the Yetzirah can't take your fire and make you have fear and anxiety and panic attacks and OCD and all kinds of like nervous, uh, you know, type of energies, including very severe and I'm telling you, even the most severe clientele that were not moving out of bed for eight years, couldn't feed themselves, couldn't even put a spoon. And then they did CBTT with me and they were out of bed. They thought all the medical tests, nothing was wrong with them. They knew it was psychological. It was no evidence of anything but psychological. And they got out of bed eventually in a very short period of time that people thought I was a miracle worker because every kind of physical treatment, psychiatric, all kinds because she wasn't using her fire in a good and holy way. So the anxieties take, took over that she couldn't even move and she was paralyzed. But paralyzed and, with fear and anxiety. That's yes. Mm -hmm. Some people have like, as if they're having a heart attack, yes. some people yes. can't develop like coping skills to do anything with the, their anxiety so high. And then there's a general anxiety that, you know, most people do have that need rectification. So the water element is a type of personality that has like such a pleasure in things, whether it's food or games or worse addictions, alcohol and all kinds of gamblers. So again, a person has to really develop the, the, the pleasure in praying. The love of God gets developed through CBTT. So then they are equipped to deal with life so they don't need to escape. Maybe they're a super empathetic person and the, and the world is too crushing and they can't bear it. So they escape to, in all these alternative modalities and destructive modalities, you know, to escape the pain. But when they use their water element and escape into Kedusha, and to escape into Imuna and Bitafan and Hashem, and we teach them how to do that, then 
they are able to break these addictions. And the last one is the air element, the destructive force that, that really is damaging in relationships and damaging, you know, um, their relationships, especially with their children, because they just have lack of control. They just spew out what they want to say. So when they use their air element in prayer, so they don't go, they say the words, they hear the words, they say the words of Torah. Then the Yetzir Hara can as easily take their air element and use it in a destructive way. And let me tell you, dear soul sisters and brothers, whoever out there listening to this, I had all four destructive energies. And I, before Hasidus, thought I was a woman and I don't have to pray. And I waited eight years for this miracle baby. And now I have a baby and I don't, I have to be a mother to this baby. I started going very downhill and things started happening to me and people diagnosed me like as if I have postpartum depression. And I've worked with many since, and it's not out of nowhere that it happened to me because I was able to realize after getting direction from um, my, my husband who contacted his rabbi and said, you know, um, get a bracha from the rabbi. And the, and in the bracha, it said that I must start learning Tanya. And in Tanya, it said how important it was to pray and learn. And, and then I got out of it and got out of it in a miraculous way, like I'm describing. And then I started doing it to others and duplicating the results with others through this way of, uh, of really searching all the component factors, the spiritual, the eating, the brain strengthening, and the three together is a superpower. And all those two, uh, Hasidus told me to focus on eating, to focus on my brain, and, and to do these things that, that if one is missing, you can miss the boat on and getting the real care and help that one needs. Wow. Thank you so much for explaining that so thoroughly. That was so beautiful. And I, I don't think that most people are aware of these elements inside of them and the roles that those elements play within them. Yes. And they don't realize that everything has to do with everything. You can't just yes. say, oh, I'm eating and I deserve to eat and I deserve to have the pleasure now. Well, if you're trying to conquer anger and sadness and anxiety and you keep indulging, indulging and feeding your animal soul that way, then your anger and your sadness and your anxiety is going to grow. And it doesn't mean you have to be like a, a monk on a mountain and not eat. I have full pleasure in the foods I eat, you know, but I understood that there's a time for everything and there's a time to be careful not to overdo anything in my life, whether it's overdoing exercising or overdoing whatever that we're engaged in. We have to try to have moderation, Lashem Shemaim, um, you know, uh, and if you look in Kuntras Havaida by Rebbe Rashab, he said all negative character tra traits come from the way you eat. <laughs> it was black and white. So like it, it, we have to address it even though it's an uncomfortable like uh, topic these days, you know, uh, it's not about to have that, uh, uh, but anything, but a, a more pure vessel to like be able to contain all your godly energies that God wants you to use freely. Right. It's so incredible. Cause I know that people, I can imagine that people right now who are listening are saying, okay, okay. We're talking about food. So I, I feel like I feel almost compelled to ask this question. So what types of foods are, are best? Like 
if you're really struggling with, for example, depression, like what types of foods are best to get you up out of there? So the first main ingredient in the Rambam talks about it, just under eat, keep your life simple, a little, just don't overeat because that, that gives you brain fog. It's too much for your brain to like deal with your body is using so much energy to break down the extra food. That's number one. Second is try to exercise a little bit, you know, so you get all those happy chemicals and you get your blood flowing and it it helps, you know, really move the food in a way that's going to reach all the right places. Third is what you eat. And the what you eat, each one has to figure it out themselves. There's so many zillion books. Some say, oh, Mediterranean. Some say, and I recently read a book called Turn Up the Heat, explained it very nicely how some people are more carb uh, oriented and some people are more protein oriented. So you got to see what works for you. If you're eating a half a bagel, even if it's whole spelt and you're sleepy, one plus one equals two. That's not good for you. Try maybe whole grain brown rice because it's more complex and not refined, you know, or, um, you know, try to, uh, you know, make a journal to see, wow, when I eat this, I get so super sleepy. But when I eat this, I I actually don't feel so tired. Also, one of the books I wrote, The Zone Diet, you know, you should only eat the palm of your hand, whatever it is of the protein or whatever it is of whatever you're eating. Vegetables, you have a little more leeway, you know, and, and, and fruit a little bit, but like, like get used to less so you have more energy. Sometimes people say, how do you do all that you do? I say, because I undereat. Wow. It's not what I eat. It's really because I a little undereat that gives me more clarity of mind, that gives me more energy, um, you know, because I'm not using all my energy to break down the food. And I think that's a very important point too. So like when you're saying about under eating is like, you're not eating until you're full. You're eating until yes. just um, right before. Yeah. Like the Rambam says, until almost satiation. And you can eat the same calories in two hours. You can eat more of what you wanted. And then you'll see, wow, I can even eat more. Because I was able to digest it. I feel light. I don't feel brain fog. I feel so much energy. And now I'll eat a little bit more in two or three hours. And it's fine. You'll eat just as much calories or just as much food or more. But you're not eating it all at once. Right, right. Because then if you eat it all at once and your body is really using up all its energies and all the blood is going to your stomach to digest all the food and it's not in your brain where it's really you want it to be. Yes, exactly. Amazing. Okay. Wow. Um, so, so cognitive behavioral toral therapy is such an innovative technique and that it helps people change destructive thought patterns that have a negative influence on behavior and emotions. So I love how you incorporate Torah into the healing process and you really does make it so much more special and meaningful. I know that you are passionate about health and healing from a Torah perspective. So can you please share with us some other ways that you approach well-being specifically from the viewpoint of Torah? Okay, so in um, if you if you even look at what's going on in the world, um, there's a lot happening with our health. Yes, a lot of people are suffering physical ailments, which we are commanded to take care of our health. Um, and just like you know, I give an example: you wouldn't go into the Beit Hamikdash and throw garbage. 
So your body is the house of your soul. Right. Besides the fact that it affects your emotions, besides the fact that you can get more sick, you know, because you're, you're so toxic with so much acid in your body. Um, from a Torah perspective, the, it, it's a commandment, just like any other commandment. But somehow, for whatever reason, schools are not addressing it as much. Um, you know, there's a big emphasis on, on you know, big uh, extravagance of, of, of feasting, you know, in our religion also. But even as we're taught to feast, we have to even be careful on Shabbat, even though it's a mitzvah to have joy in food and basar yayin. But if you catch yourself like sleeping so much throughout the Shabbos because you're overeating or eating wrong foods, then you miss the boat of so much like of the spiritual like delights of, 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 of let's say Shabbos. You know, like I, I say to people, if you go into a mikvah, right? And you're holding on a dead animal, it kind of, cancels out the process of you wanting to become pure so we could be learning and praying and meditating but then like we're holding on to too much of this indulgence we block the spiritual sensitivity of our soul and then when that blockage happens and we can't tap into either the physical wherewithal of our brain but the spiritual wherewithal of our brain because our neshama mostly resides in our brain and our heart. Right. Wow. I like so. I, 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 and that's why actually I wrote this health book. I have many books, but one of them is Reaching New Heights Through Health and Happiness. And it addresses the body, brain, heart, uh, and, and spiritual aspects of our mitzvah to take care of our body, which leads to happiness. Wow, it's amazing. I love what you said. When we overindulge in the physical, we can't access the spiritual. And it's really the spiritual that keeps us healthy overall. Um, and I'll explain what's happening and why. Yeah. In one of the teachings of the Rebbe Roshab, Kunshusumayan, it says that in the food, there is so much spiritual sparks right. that our soul longs and yearns for it. And people who have water element, they want more of those holy sparks through indulging in either food or addiction but if a person satiates their body with the spiritual sparks from prayer from learning then they're not bereft of these spiritual sparks so then they're not as attracted and controlled by food because they've satiated their soul with these soul sparks and that's where the addiction starts because it's they, there's really something to that food that the soul wants. How can it be us humans have so many 12-step programs on, on food addictions all around the world, right? Because there's something to food that is attracting our soul to want. But because we're not aware that we need the sparks from chesed and staka and learning and davening, then we wouldn't be as pulled and drawn toward being entrapped by the desire of having too many of the sparks that our body can't handle. Right. Right. It's a hundred percent. I love that. Um, 
So I know that you also train counselors to include and incorporate Torah teachings of mental health and emotional well-being. And I think that's amazing because the more people who are trained in this perspective, the more that those who need it can really be truly and deeply helped. So can you please tell us what that type of training looks like? It's so simple. It's crazy, I have to say. Okay. Um, I, I tell you, first of all, I, I allow everyone to get the training for free. It's on my website. They just go on that website, yournewheights.com. They go to the CBTT training. It's there. It's maybe five videos. Um, they read the books that I've written and then they call me uh, somewhere in the interim. And I have maybe one or two like sessions with them to really, or maybe three to really make sure they really understand this very simple approach to mental health and then they get a certificate. And some people give donations to my organization, which is a 501c3 tax deductible, considered charity. But one of my main missions, because I'm only one person, and you know, during the pandemic, I was getting 15 calls a day and more that I couldn't even handle the amount of people that were calling. And I just decided I have to do something to train more people to do what I'm doing. And I don't want it as a gimmick to, you know, draw people to buy my book or get me. I just need more people to help me help people. So uh, I, I started that program. I made it available. And thank God we have about 10 uh, practitioners now um, that are like maybe five of them are done and five are like in the process of becoming. So it's very exciting. It is happening. Baruch Hashem. That is really exciting. Like, like, as I said, you know, the more people who know about it and the more people, you know, the more people could spread it and help others. And I love it. So yes. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna include your website. It's yournewheights.com. Your new there you can right. see my books. I've written, like, I don't know, you mentioned it earlier, but these concepts of fire, water, air, and earth are in these children's books. So children learn it from a young age rather than wait till they're 50, their marriage is on the rocks and they're like suffering all kinds of uh, mental and emotional challenges. So it's there for children as well. Um, and it's, it's, it's so important for our youth to have it and not wait till they're in that midst of uh, uh, traumas and challenges. It's a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And so I, I would love to end with an anecdote or a personal story from your life or from the life of someone, you know, who has been helped either through cognitive behavioral Torah therapy or from another form of healing from a Torah perspective. You know, I just, I, I would love to see that in action and how it really played out in somebody's life. Yes. Well, first of all, I can, I think it's important to say, as I said before, I went through it. Yes. Um, I had obsessive thoughts uh, and I was severely depressed. Uh, and um, it was really hard for me to like wake up in the morning and face the day. I kept having thoughts that I didn't deserve to live. It was just my faculty of imagination running wild. Um, I had addictions, okay, not drug addictions, but sugarholic, eating over the top of what I needed. Um, I also had um, anxieties, uh, severe anxieties that actually caused me not to be able to sleep. And that's why sometimes people say, how did you write so much? Because I could not sleep and I began to channel it toward writing, you know, um, you know, writing notes on what I read and writing, you know, I, I had all four elements really misaligned in a, and in a very, um, uh, very severe way. 
And slowly but surely by doing this, you know, prayer and meditation and learning right after and eating more properly, I got out of it. And one case, I and I have like all day long cases. Like now I'm like grandma and I'm not looking for more clients. Honestly, I, I have some CBT practitioners. I can send you them their name until I like, and my daughter's visiting, but it's, it, but I'm saying like clients who have come to me are uh, like the one who was um, not able to move, but there was another very severe case where um, she had a severe uh anxiety and OCD with um, pace out cleaning. Yeah. She could not go to sleep and she kept checking and checking for comments and checking and checking for comments. And um, like within a short period of time, and she suffered this for years, she was able to like, not only not go crazy over pace off, but be super relaxed, super not have a problem with uh, all the cleaning um, I wrote a mikvah.org. Uh, I had a client also who was um, having miscarriages after miscarriages because she always felt her baby wasn't holy because she didn't do mikvah properly. For years, she was miscarrying because she had so much anxiety that her baby wouldn't be pure and holy because she didn't do the mikvah ritual and she would not sleep and she would, her nails would be bloody from cutting and she would to do her teeth where it's gushing, serious, severe. And I remember the day she came to me with the baby saying, Miriam, this is your baby. Because she had gotten over the, the challenge through this treatment program of even helping her severe, you know, OCD in the mikvah ritual. Wow. That she was able to like go to the mikvah without all the anxieties, with all bleeding, you know, uh, gums and bleeding fingers and and calling me a hundred times oh, i don't think i'm kosher should i go again should i go again which many robs know about this challenge and i'm telling you across the board whether it's ran like not so severe cases to serious psychiatric clientele um uh even people that have bipolar have been really well for 20 and 25 and 30 years doing this program of of healing now i would like to state just like you cannot cure hunger you have to constantly nourish your body to have it function you need to constantly nourish your neshama daily day and night so that you have the upper hand of your mind that you have the birthing of healthy emotions if you don't feed yourself daily, you become weak. If you don't do these spiritual practices and mental and emotional work every day by davening and learning, your soul powers become weak. Your Yetzirah takes your fire, water, air, and earth. And if you're gifted with so much fire, then you'll be challenged with the severe anxieties. You'll be challenged with the severe anger management or the severe depression. Right. And so it's so very important. I don't cure anyone. I give them the routine to uh, nourish their neshama, to strengthen their mind power and develop these healthy emotions and things miraculously change. Okay. Okay. May it be good for everybody, for everybody who's listening, who's suffering, who knows somebody suffering. May it be good for them. May they have a refu- refu- shalema. Yes. 
And maybe one day we can talk about how it relates to relationships because oh, that's, interesting. that's like a major component when people cannot get along is because each one is more relating to the other, more from their animalistic, emotional, um, you know, weaknesses rather than being able to have like that mental perspective of why God made, you know, relationships a bit rocky and challenging sometimes. And then how to like, you know, not get dragged into the other's energy and be able to rise above. And like, which I wrote in my, the other book I did was um, my marriage book. And um, I also wrote a prayer and meditation book. And then I also have like a mikvah book, Baruch Hashem, that, really helps the person like really spiritually and mentally, emotionally clear their mind and heart to really reignite the relationship anew as they're going through the process of cleansing on their body on the outside and making their body ready for intimacy to really make the insides heart, mind and soul ready for intimacy again. So I hope your readers can, uh, look out for those books and hopefully it'll help them and their children. I mean, I mean, that's so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rabbits and Miriam, for joining us on America's Top Rabbits. We learned so incredibly much from you today. And may all our learning today be for Rafu Shalema, for Eliezer, Raphael, Leben, Emuna, and also for Ariella, Malka, Bat, Bela, Hana. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Thank you.